your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom, sitting in here for a couple minutes anyway. Brad Williams from the Wizard Newsroom, and coming up on the show, another in the saga of lacrosse school board candidates. I have Kathy Blanchard coming on. She's one of eight candidates running for lacrosse school board. Four open seats. Uh, three of those seats will get three three year three of those seats will get three year terms. The other, the fourth place in voting, will get a one year term because of a resignation on the school board. Um, so that's coming up in a fifth, couple of minutes. If you want to text me 608-785-7914. Uh, if you have questions, if you get, a lot of times I get a good question on the text line. If you if you have concerns or questions when it comes to um, the Lacrosse School District, uh, but Brad's in here. He's been paying attention to another school district of sorts in town uw lacrosse is uh we're, we're headed into we're in year i think six of trying to get the second phase of the uh prairie Springs science center built and um by all indications over the past year it seems like that thing was going to get done that the legislature was going to vote for it. 187 million dollar project so not like 180 to 87 87 okay, not, so not like the <coughs> cheapest thing but um, it's been sitting on, in a holding pattern for you know six years, and then however long they've they they had discussed it before that, you could say it's right. even been in a holding pattern for before that. Um, so the buildings commission has been what debating this, or or they, how does that uh, work? They uh, they generally present it and and say here's why this building is important. Here's one we want to build in Madison. Here's one we want to build in Lacrosse, and so on. And uh, they had a uh, committee meeting subcommittee meeting yesterday where they explained this is why it's important and here are all the things in the governor's capital budget that he'd like to build and we'll put it to a vote democrats vote yes republicans vote no and it gets no recommendation because they're tied okay so and that, it went on to the, the prairie, full and it went spring, spring everything bill. oh on all the th- on all ev- the things everything okay because so that's, we're not that's been the pattern the last two times this has come up is that it's been it's come along party lines, and because they're evenly divided on the committee, it gets a tie vote, and there's no recommendation. So this will go ahead to the Joint Finance Committee and may get the same treatment the last two times, which is we haven't passed it. Well, is they, the Joint Finance Committee made up of X number of Republicans and X number of Democrats? I haven't noticed lately, but... I guess uh, maybe shoot Jill a text and ask her. <laughs> so you talked to Jill Billings yes. about this today. She is on the subcommittee, right? Uh, yes, and she was the chairman of the subcommittee that okay. met yesterday, but she is on the building commission. Well, this is kind of pathetic. Like, oh, uh, uh, according to politics, we shouldn't build anything then. Right, or they, or the idea is... Like a lot of other things that have been happening in Madison basically since Tony Evers became governor and Republicans are controlling the legislature and saying, well, we don't like his ideas. We'll come up with our own budget plan, which is basically what seems to be happening here is what Jill is telling me. This is kind of like uh, the the governor comes up with a plan and the legislature goes, no, that's a terrible plan. Yeah. And then the legislature goes, we should do this plan. And the governor's but like, yeah, right that's now. the yeah. plan I brought up. And they're like, yeah, glad we thought of it. Like, right? I would see that in, <laughs> Some, the, in those, like in those movies, yeah, right? Oh, yeah, Rob, glad I thought of that. Well, yeah. well, wait a minute. Your your henchman thought of it. Yeah, the, uh, Speaker Robin Voss had a release today about uh, saying that he was happy that uh, a number of items had been had gotten bipartisan support this week when, when it came before some of those bills, like uh, reckless driving and so yeah. forth, came before the legislature, and he said, 
I'm just disappointed that the, the other side has decided to vote along party line. Well, every, both sides are voting along party lines. So yeah, no, you're no better the than the, other, yeah, the well, other side here. But when you vote along party lines in a, in a legislature that's dominated by one party, then that party is going to you know, decide what gets done and what doesn't get done. pretty much what happens. Still sitting on a $7 billion budget surplus for well over a year now. So yeah. I haven't done anything with that either. So so it's the same thing as, as we've had before. Well, it'll it, just continue it's on funny, to the next phase. And it's funny, too, because the maybe maybe the Prairie Spring Science Building gets done. The legislature will have to approve it, right? Is that how that works? Yeah, that's the idea. All right. It so, goes through joint finance. And then and the governor will have to sign off on it? He He already has. But the, but he but they'll have to he'll have to sign off on a legislature. He would have plan. to say if if there is a bill that goes to the governor, he would right. sign off on it or veto it. Most likely, he'd sign it right. if it's got the the projects that he kinda wants. Kind of like kind of like the budget last time, where Republicans threw Evers' budget out the window. They drew up their own, and then Evers signed it, and then they went, "Wait a minute." Evers signed yeah. it, and then they took credit for signing a budget that he passed, and yeah. then the Republicans were mad that he signed a budget and took credit for it. But on the other hand, uh, what Jill Billings was saying also is that uh, this has the support Prairie Springs has support from former governor, Tommy Thompson, who, who has been involved with the board of regents who headed the UW system for a while. He was just down at Mar-a-Lago a couple months ago. He's talked with chancellor Joe Gao about it. And they, there is support in Madison from some Republicans. So Tommy Thompson's as Republican as it gets. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Brad, thanks. That's what's going on. There's, same as same as it ever was. <laughs> same as it ever was. All right, that's Brad Williams. Headed back to the newsroom. I'll give him a eh, you got a you got a minute yeah, to get back sure. there. Um and when we come back, Kathy Blanchard, we're gonna talk about the Lacrosse School District. I gotta get all these board members onto the show. Uh I probably started this a week well, I took a week off, so kind of put a put a hamper as we're as early voting has already started, but uh we'll try to get them on. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. You want to shoot me a text? We're talking school board or school board race or school board candidate. We're talking to a school board candidate. Kathy Blanchard is on the phone with me now. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm good today. How are you, Rick? I'm good. Are you good most days or are you just good today? <laughs> Today's been a great day. The sun is shining. There's no snow falling. Right. It's a really great day. Don't jinx us, but Most Kathy. days I'm pretty good. Don't jinx us. Um all right, so you're one of, uh, I said it before, but you're one of eight candidates running for school board. The, the goal for you would be to be top three, so you get a three-year term. If you get the fourth, if you're the fourth in voting, then you would get a one-year term and have to do this all over again. You might have to talk to me all over again in a year if you run again, but I, I, I will just bring up a little bit about, about you. You're a small business owner on the north side of La Crosse, uh, obviously a north side resident as well. Well, I guess maybe that's not obvious. Um and you were, you're, I don't know if you were, I guess I didn't know, you're, you did all your schooling in the La Crosse School District. I don't know if you were born and raised here or not. Um, yep, I was born and raised here. Okay. I and, went to kind- kindergarten and first grade at Franklin and first through fifth at Jefferson. Uh, neither school exists anymore. And then sixth through eighth at Logan Middle and ninth through twelfth at Logan High School. And, uh, and you, you have a freshman at Logan High School right now, and you have a fifth grader at Northside Elementary. And I don't think it's a prerequisite that our school board members, A, have kids, B, have kids in the school district, or C, grown up in La Crosse or have gone through the school district. But it's always interesting to know. I think, uh, I think if we got some kind of economist who was great with numbers and math and budgeting uh, and they didn't, have, they, they didn't have kids at all, they would be just as good as, as, as a school board member. 
Um, but you know, I guess can you make your case for for being a, for uh, getting voted as a, onto the school board, Kathy? Well, I think. Um, well, I've been involved in school at Northside. Well, Roosevelt's been Northside on the PTO for the last ten years, so I've seen firsthand what the teachers and the staff and the support staff deal with budget cuts and uh, deal with students' emotional needs. And, you know, a lot of these kids today, they are coming in with a lot of baggage that when someone signs up to be a teacher, isn't talked about. It's not, you know, people want to teach, and they're doing a lot more than just teaching. And I think that being a volunteer and seeing that firsthand, I have a better idea of what could help our staff out a lot. Um, yeah, with, with, with a fifth grader and a, and even a freshman, I, I guess I don't, you know, this is where I don't have kids. So in, in my head, I'm, I'm trying to think, what was I like in fifth grade, but emotionally, I don't know what kind of things does your fifth grader come to you with, um, that might, you know, you'd be like, oh yeah, you know what? That's a, that's an issue within the school that I, you know, I think we should address. Uh, well, I know that some of the kids in his, in his school, um, so Northside has a higher poverty level for per student than a lot of the schools. And so he sees kids who deal with the only meals they're getting are when they're at school. Their parents either don't have the resources to have food at home or choose to spend the resources differently. And he sees some of his friends struggle with that. He sees bullying. He's been bullied for his weight because he's, you know, he's not a skinny little boy. And um, But we're teaching him, you know, how to deal with that kind of stuff and how to walk away. He sees kids that, just they struggle academically and need a little more help, and he sees a teacher stepping up to help that. So he he brings these things home to me, and he asks me how he should handle things because what he's dealing with in fifth grade, I never dealt with in fifth grade, and it's crazy to me. Same with my son who is in high school. You know, he's dealing with a whole range of things that at a freshman really shouldn't even be thinking about, um, just with with peer pressure and with um, the pronouns that people are using and how, you know, how to navigate through all of the different things. You don't want to offend anybody, but you want to be your own person, and being your own person can be offensive. These are things that I hear from my kids, and I see with other kids. Um, All right, so, I mean, is it... As a parent, yeah, you 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 have to learn this stuff too as you as you go and adapt the things that you didn't have to have to address when you were in school, but now your kids are, are having to deal with that. Um, in terms of as a school board member, how 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 maybe would you address some of this stuff? Um, well, I I guess as a school board member, I'd like to see what kind of uh, diversity training programs are available to the staff. That um, one is voluntarily option. And also one that is mandated. I think that our staff can only do as well as the training they get. So, and every day there's something new that they have to, you know, they have to learn to deal with and how to um, safely navigate it with their students. You know, we have when I was in school, we had tornado drills. Now they have active shooter drills, and um, you know, they have to be able to keep the kids calm and learn techniques that are not going to cause a panic. And I think as a school board member, I would really push for uh, the extra training for the staff. And, you know, our kids are only going to be as good as their education. And I would like to have it where the teachers can actually do the education and be ready for any situation. Yeah, the the, uh, the active shooter thing always gets me because it's like what kind of 
even if we don't have an active shooter, just the idea of going through that drill, does that affect a kid emotionally? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Well, I guess you would know better than I because your kids have literally gone through it. Right. My younger son, um, they had a lockdown at the end of the school day the one day, and he called me at work to ask if I could come pick him up. And I said I couldn't because I was at work. And I said, can you just walk here? He said he wasn't, didn't feel safe walking home. So I thought, oh, are you being bullied? And that's what I asked him. He said, no, we had a lockdown at the end of the school day, and he was scared to leave the school. So then I called his teacher and asked if um, if that was the case or if it was a, a drill, because, you know, kids have imaginations. And she said, no, it was the case, and it was resolved very quickly. Um, but then I had to sit down and talk to him and explain to him that, you know, you did the right thing by letting me know that you're scared and listening to your teacher. But... You know, so he was just, well, what happens if uh, if it happens again? I said, you listen to your teacher, and you do what you did now, you know, and I will come pick you up when I'm done with work. He stayed at school. I picked him up. It was all good. But, I, you know, you have to find a way to keep them calm and also, you know, answer their questions. I really believe that kids need truth. The parents need to not sugarcoat everything, um, but they also need to scare their kids either. Do you think the teacher did a pretty good job there? Absolutely, she was she was really good. Um, I asked her how what she her priorities were when they did that. I asked my son how things went, and she was really good. She kept the kids calm. She explained that it was a very serious situation. She gave them just the information that they absolutely needed, uh, so that they didn't have their imaginations run wild. And I think it was handled very well. And I, I think that the, whatever training she had for that was perfect because he came home with questions. I found out the answers I needed. I didn't give him any more information than he absolutely needed at 11 years old. But I think everything was handled very well. Yeah, the the, the amount of things that, that students go through, obviously our teachers go through these same things, right, in a, in, a, in a different light, right? Either they have to be responsible, they have to keep calm, and then, you know, maybe they're not so calm, but they have to keep calm anyway and, and be able to lead the kids, uh, whether, whether it's a, a dilemma like that or just everyday things. Um, but But the... The school district, in in terms of you know, if you want to get into the, the nitty gritty here of of, of school board, uh, the school board you know last voted on giving teachers I think a, somewhere around a two two and a half percent raise or a pay increase, and and they wanted uh, much higher than that, so they didn't get that, and they didn't get the, they didn't get any sort of raise uh, during the pandemic. So they're they're I feel like they're out about you know probably five or more percent of a salary that they should be. And I think we all can agree that teachers don't really get paid what they, I, I guess maybe, maybe we can agree. I don't know. What, what do you think in terms of uh, the school board's decision there? And, and uh, do you have any ideas to make that work to get teachers, you know, the, the pay that they're asking for? Well, I personally, I, it's embarrassing that our teachers did not get the, I believe it was 4.7% they're asking for. They work very hard. Um, I don't have any educators in my family but I see just from volunteering how much work. It's not a 40-hour week. They're putting in nights and weekends and summer vacation. They're going for extra schooling to uh, get their master's degree so they can be the best teachers. 2% is insulting. You know, they are right there for those kids every day. Sometimes the teacher is the only positive person that that student has, the only positive interaction they have all day, which is unfortunate. And I'm not sure how to find the money, but there's got to be some way, something that is not a necessity so that the teachers can have the pay raises they deserve. 
Well, and that's part of, uh, I think, what the district has on the April referendum. And we've got a couple of minutes here. We can get into it a little bit with Kathy Blanchard. She's one of eight candidates running for school board. Uh, Early voting's already started, but the voting period ends April 4th. Um, Operating budget referendum, six years, $60 million. Uh, Some have questioned the timing. I I don't know. What are your feelings on the operating budget referendum question on the ballot? I, I wish they could be more specific exactly where the money was going. They could say this is exactly the amount that's going to be going to teacher pay increases and this dollar amount for repairing and what the repairs are that need to be done. I don't like the idea of just, well, we have repair work. We need, you know, building maintenance. It needs to be more specific. You know, you wouldn't um, buy a house on the whim thinking, okay, well, you know, it's going to need paint. It's going to need this. We'll just deal with it down the road. You want to know all the expenses you're getting into before you before you agree to anything. And I think the taxpayers have a right to know where their tax dollars are going. Yeah, I think uh, I, I had another candidate on in the, in the, I don't know, have you gone there? Like Brad said during the news, there's a, there's a, a, a talk, town talk, I guess, if you want to talk. The school district's putting on a, a, a talk tonight uh, at six o'clock yeah, right after the show. Um, I, I believe in a, I had somebody say that, you know, some of the like 55 percent was going to teachers and, and programming and another 20 percent was going to uh, support the students. Um, so there there may be that pie chart that I always talk about. There may be that pie chart out there. They may be discussing it in these meetings. Yeah, I'm planning to go to the meeting tonight. So I'm hoping to get some more answers because, you know, when you go online, you get whoever posted the answers and their take on the answers, I'd like to hear it directly from the superintendent of where this money is going and how they're spending it. I, I don't think money is wasted if it's going to the betterment for the, te- the teacher's income and training, and it's definitely not wasted if it's being spent on our students, whether it is programming or um, counseling, you know, a lot of emotional support. The money, put the money on our kids, put the money on our staff. I, I definitely find that would be a good use of the money. All right. We're going to take a break here. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back with Kathy Blanchard running for lacrosse school board. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to lacrosse talk PM 608-785-7914 is the text line today because Kathy Blanchard is on with me. She's running for school board. She's one of eight candidates to run for school board. Kathy, do you want to throw any of the other candidates under the bus real quick? Talk some Talk some crap about them? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's not my style. Um, all right, so we, we we're we're talking about you. You have two kids, and I'll just I'll just do this quick again. She's a small business owner, lives on the north side of Lacrosse. Has got a fifth grader at Northside Elementary, a freshman at Logan High School. Born and raised in Lacrosse, went through the whole Lacrosse school district system. So if that's important to you as a voter, uh, she's she's done it. And um, let's get in. We, we started to talk about the six year, $60 million referendum. And you, you talked about uh, you, you'd like to know more specifics about where the money is going. And there's a meeting tonight. So I think you could throw that at Dr. Aaron Engel, the superintendent tonight. I, I, I believe they take questions at these things. So um, you could throw it to him, uh, throw, throw him the, the question. He might even point you to, an, to a better answer than, than I have. I, I, I'm just getting the answers from you guys. I think there are there are a little bit of pie charts about where that money is going, but it might be a little. It might also be vague. Um, this comes after the the district had obviously the the, the 194.7 million dollar referendum to build a new high school. Um, obviously, 70 percent of the voters said no to that. 
Uh, were, do you did did you have an opinion on on building a new high school, Kathy? Uh, actually, I I thought it was a bad placement of where they were going to put it. I thought it was really overpriced. Uh, you know, a new high school would be great to consolidate, but we have such a strong um, north side, south side. People have attachments to their alma maters. I just didn't think that it would actually work out very well. I, and I get 20 years down the road, if there's one high school, you won't have any of that. But I just the placement, it was terrible, especially for any parents on French Island or in Barry Mills, seeing their kids out there, even on the north side, the far north side, it's an over an hour bus ride. All right. Um, yeah, if, being a kid that sat on the bus for 45 minutes, I have uh, no sympathy for any kids. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am jealous, though, because kids, they all have phones now. That hour bus ride, they just be on their phones. They're on their phones anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not a nice mom. Neither of my kids have cell phones. Oh, my goodness. You tyrant, you. I can't believe it. Uh, you, you, probably, you, probably, you probably get some votes just for that, I bet. Um, <laughs> the Okay, so... So we've already seen some fallout from that, the, the, the referendum not passing. Um, Lincoln Middle School will close at the end of the year. The, the, the school board voted on that. Just, well, I think maybe about last month, I think they voted on that. Uh, what did you think of that decision? Um, I wasn't surprised by the decision because they've been talking about closing it for a while. But um, they, what I didn't like is I went to the listening session the week before they did the vote, and they were asked specifically if they were going to be voting to close Lincoln Middle, if it was a done deal, and they were told by a member of the La Crosse School District offices saying, no, we're just right now listening to people's ideas, getting feedback, nothing is set in stone, nothing has been decided or voted on yet, we're not even close to that. And then that Monday they voted to close it, which I really thought that transparency wasn't there because when you're asked a specific question and you were lied, to me that was a lie directly to the parent who asked that. Um, I'm not surprised, though, because the schools are, the attendance is down and, you know, the schools are, need a lot of work. Do you know who, do you know who told that parent that, that they weren't going to um, vote on it? I don't, because it was a gentleman and a woman who there from the, the school offices from the school district. I believe her, her name is Stacey Everson or Evenson, but I don't know the gentleman's name and I can't remember which one, because I think they deferred the question of the other person. And then that was the answer that came back was they're not even ready to vote on this. It's not even close. Um, so it was, it was kind of a shock that this was that it got voted down right away. All right. Um, but 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 in in terms of it closing. You're you were OK with that. Um, I was OK with it closing. Honestly, I think that if if they would put the seventh and eighth grade into the high schools and put sixth grade back to elementary, they could close all three middle schools save that money to put towards repairs for the high schools and the current elementary schools that need uh, money in the budget. But it doesn't affect me because where I live on the north side, my child wouldn't be attending Lincoln. Now, the parents who live in that neighborhood, I feel for them because if they're like me, they probably bought their house with a plan of our kids can go to this middle school. It's walking distance. Neighborhood schools are important. And so I feel for that. It's, there's, it's no win situation. If you close the school, someone's going to be unhappy. If you keep the school open, people are going to be unhappy because that money can be spent elsewhere. Yeah, the, can you talk about your your understanding of the dilemma that the school district is in with uh, their their? It seems to be millions of dollars in the hole, 
and they have to do things like close Lincoln. And then, you know, the talk is they're going to have to close some other buildings too. And it sounds like you, you like a plan to, to send the, the, some of the, the, the middle school into the high school buildings and consolidate in that direction. Um, but yeah, just if you want to speak to the dilemma, the, the, the money dilemma that the school district is in. Yeah. I, you know, there's, there's holes in their budget. The money's just leaking out of. And when you keep putting money in a money pit and keep putting money in a money pit, eventually you run out of money and you still have the money pit. So you just have to find a way to, to make your resources. The Hogan administrative building that could be sold off. And you know, the three middle schools sell off the property, put that back on the tax rolls, use that money towards operating costs. I mean, there's ways to make it a safe environment at the high school level for seventh and eighth grade. There's ways to keep classes in a certain area so they're not intermingled. All the, both high schools, I believe, have three different lunch periods. So one lunch period could be seventh and eighth grade. Um, a lot of people say that you know parents don't want their younger students around older students, but the reality is because they're afraid of, what, of the older students' behavior towards the younger ones. But I think as a parent, we just need to raise our children to be decent, and we shouldn't have to worry if our older child is in school with a younger one. They should do the right thing and not be, you know, targeting these younger kids. Yeah, I always... But there's... Go ahead, go ahead. I I always have... I always see... I always see some apprehension about consolidating seventh and eighth grade into a high school with ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th graders. I, I don't fully understand that. And maybe it's just the, the way the buildings are made. Maybe because when, when I went to Hortonville, uh, the middle school, the grade school was on one way on one end of the building. The middle school was kind of upstairs and the high school was like, there was a, there was a closed door and the high school was on the other, very other end of the building. So we were all very separate until I walked to the bus um, beyond, beyond that, you know, I didn't really have any like interaction with the other grades in that regard. But beyond, but I, I don't, I don't quite know. Maybe the the makeup of Logan and Central isn't isn't uh, constructed in a way that would allow you know easy distribution of students like that. I, I'm not sure. Well, at Logan, I, I can't speak for Central because I've only been in Central High School once, and that was for one of the listening sessions. But Logan High School has six locker rooms which means you could have three um, for assigned female at birth gender and three for assigned male at birth gender uh, locker rooms for changing for gym class. One could be 7th and 8th grade on each one, and then the next one could be ninth and 10th, and the third one could be 11th and 12th. You know, they, there's ways to separate it. My older son, all of his classes except for art and gym class were on the second floor. So they can partition it off where the kids, you know, seventh and eighth grades in this wing of the school and the only time that they would be there okay so gym class would be first and second hour for the younger grades and move it on that way i mean if someone could sit down there's got to be some kind of a software program to figure out the exact way that they can arrange class schedules and lunch schedules to keep it so that the kids are not intermingling but again as parents we just need to raise our kids to be better kids so that that fear isn't real is so that people can not feel like I can't let my 14 year old be at the high school level, you know, or my 13 year old, because what do they get picked on by an older kid? Right. It is, you know, just, we have to be better parents to do a, raise our children. Right. I know you're making a joke about the, the gender thing there, but you, you mentioned that your kid had brought that up as well. I think, 
I don't know if it was your fifth grader or your high schooler. Is there is there a is there a, an issue there with gender identity that that you're getting from your kids or from the school district? Um, no, not really. I just know that uh, when my older son came home, this one who's in eighth grade, and he said they were talking about pronouns, and I said, "Well, what is that?" Because I always thought a pronoun was like a proper noun, like you know, Mrs. Johnson, and he said, "You know, he, him, her, she." So I asked him how he identified, and he said, him, he. I said, okay, what are you interested in? He said, her, she. And I said, oh, okay, wait, you mean girls, or do you mean, like, candy bars? And he laughed. He said, well played, Mom. Um, I think that at the elementary level, it's it's not really a thing. And middle school, my older son was it had COVID for most of middle school. Like, we taught at home, stuff like that, so he, he didn't really have the interactions. In high school, he's around all the different um, – different marginalized groups, uh, different ethnicities, uh, sexual orientation. And he's just like, yeah, that's just my friend, you know, and that's exactly how it should be. He shouldn't have to look at like, oh, this is my friend who identifies as this. It's just like, oh, that's just my friend. And that's how I wish everybody could see it. So at, at the elementary level, we're not really dealing with anything stuff. We just kind of point out that's just the way they are. And, you know, you have to, be nice, and if you don't want to be around them, you don't have to be around them. But you don't get to not be around them because of who they identify as or what they identify as. Um, you know, if it's a person who kicks you every day, yeah, yeah, absolutely, don't go near them. But if you don't want to be near them because you don't like something about who they are, you need to change your way of thinking a little bit. You know, I don't want my kids to hate somebody for something they can't control. We're speaking with Kathy Blanchard. She's one of eight candidates running for the lacrosse school board. Um, I always kind of make the joke when I talk to you candidates uh, about um, watching or attending the school board meetings. They're not super exciting to me. Um, they can be sometimes. Um, sometimes exciting isn't great either. Uh, but uh, have you been have you been watching or, or attending the school board meetings lately or over the past, I don't know, however long you've been affiliated with the school, which is forever, essentially? Uh, and, and what's your opinion of the, the school board meetings? They are so painfully boring. <laughs> and... Um, I, I, that's the one thing I dread. Um, I'm hoping that being on the board will be less boring, but I think a lot of times it's because when you go there, you don't really know what they're going to be talking about. And, you know, you're sitting in the audience and they're not talking to you. And so it's hard to hear them sometimes. Um, yeah, I haven't attended any recently. I went to the one when they decided not to give the teachers a pay raise. Uh, that one, I was so... I was just disgusted because I, I hate how they disappear into a back room. I understand they need to hash things out, but I think that's why people don't trust our school board because they do stuff behind closed doors and then nobody knows about it until they make the decision. I kind of wish they would have it out there where people can hear what they're talking about. You can see, you know, this, this person thinks, yes, give them the pay raise. This person says, no, don't give them pay raise. I think people need that clarity. Um, it, I've heard this before. Do you think there is a public mistrust from the school board right now? Oh, absolutely. I, I definitely do because you find out things after the fact. Uh, the closing of Lincoln. Nope, they're not going to vote on that anytime soon. Boom, five days later, not even five days later, they voted to close it. Uh, they, you know, they don't, their meetings aren't always well, um, like when there's referendum meetings and things like that. They did really great on getting the public uh, information out there. But sometimes they have meetings um, like the one where they were talking about Lincoln at Lincoln, the listening sessions, you know, I heard about it from someone else. 
who was told about it. But being a parent on the north side, it was never, I never got any information on it. And I think that kind of stuff needs to be on the website so more people can show up and show, you know, explain, you know, ask the questions that need to be asked. I think that a lot of stuff seems to feel like it's a secret, like we can't let anybody know. We'll just do this, and, you know. Sometimes it's better to ask forgiveness and permission. I, I want to say that the, I, and I don't, I want to say that a lot of the listening sessions are posted on the website. I think even if you scroll, they're right on the right side. Referendum informational meeting virtual tonight, 6 p.m. to 7.30. Um, those those pop up right on the right side. Uh, there was one at Hamilton on the 20. Uh well, March 20th, yeah, March 20th and 31st, all-day event, intercession, year-round school, a referendum session, March 28th. Um, so some of yeah, those, those, those end those up online. Those are very well publicized, but like the one that was at Lincoln, when they were asking, they had parents come in and people in the neighborhood, and they're asking, like, they had people, they asked, what would you do to keep the schools open? What do you like about the neighborhood? They had us all writing these giant pieces of paper on the table, writing down, you know, ideas of how to uh, budget the money, get the money in there. Um, you know, how to stretch the budget, all these other questions. And to me, it seems just like they were just doing lip service. Like, we're going to make it seem like we care about what you're thinking, but we already made up our mind, and then we'll just have to make it official when we vote. You know, because why would you... And and there wasn't a lot of parents. We had two sessions, and there wasn't a lot of people there. And again, I, I belong to the Northside Neighborhood Association, mm-hmm. and someone messaged one of the members there, and told them about it. Otherwise, I would never have known well, about it. And that person couldn't find it anywhere online. Well, was that a school district meeting or was that a neighborhood meeting? Because th- different neighborhoods have their own, you know, neighborhood sessions. Yeah, see that and that I don't know. But it was, it was hosted at the school by members on Lacrosse School District. So I would have assumed it was something with the school district. Sure. Yeah, yeah I think I know a lot of the. It was open to everybody. So. Yep, I know a lot of the neighborhood groups. Uh, have their own informational sessions for the neighborhood that they're in, but then they bring in a representative from the school district to talk to them because obviously you you want representation from the school district so you can ask them questions directly. Um, uh, what was the other thing I was going to ask? I got too many tabs open, but... Um, <laughs> that sounds like brain. Um, yeah, so so anyway, so I, the... The, the the oh the referendum question that's on the ballot now six years sixty million dollars do you have I don't I, I don't do, do you, will, you, will you be voting for that do you think that that one's ill timed do you think it should be postponed it's coming right after a failed referendum um, how do you feel about it being on the ballot right now um, you know I I think that it probably should have been postponed I understand that we need to get that passed so we can if it is truly going to help our teachers with pay increases. I can see why they want to get it through, but I think that a lot of people are still a little stung and a little hurt from the last one, and it, it could go bad and be voted down just because people are like, they just want to spend their money, you know, and that's that's what I worry about. Um, I'm still not sure which way I'm voting on it. I need to do some more research. I need to hear the answers and, and ask the questions. All right, that's Kathy Blanchard. She's one of eight candidates running for lacrosse school board. Um, four, four open seats. So no incumbents are running, uh, for, for those positions. So we'll have four, well, maybe not new board members cause some, some people have been on the board in the past, but, uh, Kathy would be if she, she got, uh, elected. I appreciate you coming on Kathy. Thanks so much. I appreciate the, the opportunity for people to hear what I think and hopefully they like the answers I said. And, you know, I can only hope that everybody who can vote gets out and vote one way or another. It, the best way, uh, 
you you do have a Facebook page. It's called Kathy Blanchard for School Board. Is that the best way to to message you, get a hold of you? Yeah, I think that's the best way because I check that every day, and um, people can private message me if they don't want to put it on my page. Uh, ask me questions. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. I, if I feel a question's out of line, I'll just say I'm sorry, I'm not comfortable answering that. But when it comes to the school board, I'm pretty open about my opinions. All right. Thank you so much, Kathy. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. We're going to take uh, one more break and wrap up when we come back. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. Just going to wrap up here. Thank you again to Kathy Blanchard for joining me. That's five. I think I have five of the eight candidates now. And I will put this podcast up on the website in just a couple of minutes. And I will link to all the other podcasts. So if you, you know, I guess when you're, what I like to do is when I'm walking the dogs, that's when I listen to my podcast. So if you want to subscribe to Lacrosse Talk PM, wherever you download podcasts, just do that. Maybe automatically have them download just so I get a couple extra downloads, right? Um, but yeah, then go get a dog from the Humane Society or go just walk a dog at the Humane Society. You don't need to adopt it, but they always loved it. You have them walked and put some headphones in. You can listen. If you really, if you really uh, care about who your school board representatives are, I'm trying to get them all on here to talk uh, to talk about you know where they stand on certain issues. Um, in, in regards to some of the things Kathy said, I wasn't I, not entirely sure. You know, she said some of these meetings aren't aren't advertised. I would say the first thing that pops up when you go to the lacrosseschools.org homepage, referendum information. It's the first thing you see. It's a big uh, blue button right there. And then you, if you click that, or even if you scroll on the homepage, uh, if you click that and scroll down, all the uh, informational meetings are on there. So. Um, obviously there's one tonight it's virtual so anyone can go and listen to it It starts in literally five minutes Uh, so just go click more information on that I'm doing it right now and there's the Google meet virtual link and it'll take you right there and the video will pop up and you can uh, you can participate in that way and then there's one more forum on March 28th so uh, next week Tuesday night at from 6 30 to 8 p.m. and um it's at 807. I don't know. It's at Hogan. It's at the Hogan Administrative Center. So there they are. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll uh, be back tomorrow with UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Tregoski.